this morning, I want to talk to you. I'm going to be reading from 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. This is the love chapter. You hear it read at weddings a lot, but we're not going to read the love part of it. We're going to read it at the very end where Paul starts explaining to the people about what it's going to be like when we leave this world and we go to heaven to be with Christ. And, of course, it's 2,000 years ago. Their understanding was a little bit different than it is today. But a lot of people thought, well, when you just die, you just transition, and there's not really a lot of difference from one world to the next, and it varies. And, and what he's trying to say to them is, look, when, you, when we get there, it's going to be dramatically different and, uh, and much better. Uh, he says, now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Now, you have to understand 2,000 years ago, they didn't have the kind of mirrors we have today that are you know, crystal clear and you know, exact replications of what we're seeing. But, you know, polished brass and stuff, depending on how good of a mirror it was, how well you could see. And his point was, when we're in this life, it's kind of like a poor reflection. You don't really see everything clearly. Not everything is 100% clear. But then, talking about when we get to heaven, we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Even Paul is saying, I don't get it all. I don't understand everything. I just know in pieces. But then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Three things I want... Three things I want to share with you, once I got the right fingers there, uh, this morning about, hopefully it will be encouragement uh, in your faith. Number one, don't lose faith over what you don't know. I'm often amazed and surprised by people who get totally blown away by what they don't know. Why did something happen? I don't understand this, and it just shakes their faith. And I always think, Really? This shakes you? This freaks you out? You know, sometimes, you know, somebody will have a terrible accident and die or something, and people are just, faith is shaken. I don't know why this happened. Why did God let this happen? Well, first of all, you don't know. You don't know. I don't know. Don't let your faith be shaken about you don't know. You don't know the facts. You don't know what happened. You don't know God allowed that. You don't, for all you know, the guy's just being, making a dumb mistake. I don't know. Listen to me. If you're driving a car 80 miles an hour around a curve that says 40 and you're texting while you're putting on eyeshadow, you're probably going to kill yourself. <laughs> and God has nothing to do with it. You kill yourself going to God, why did you let me die? He said, I didn't do it. You're an idiot. <laughs> I don't know. Something happened. Why did it happen? I don't know. But neither do you. Seriously, you're going to freak out in your faith because of something you don't know? Good grief. Don't do that. It's all kinds of stuff you don't know. Things happen. Things don't happen. Why, why, why? I don't know. Neither do you. Nobody knows. God knows. When you get there, you're going to ask him. I'm pretty sure the first thing everybody's going to say when they get to heaven is, Oh, that's why. You know, <laughs> in the meanwhile, shut up. Why is it, why are we so uncomfortable saying, I don't know? Why does something, I don't know. Well, you're the pastor, you're supposed to know everything. Really? They never taught me that. <laughs> I, never, I never got that memo. Did you get that memo? We're supposed to, apparently we're supposed to know everything. Good grief. I don't even understand the Bible all the way through. It comes as a shock to some of you. All kinds of stuff I don't know. I don't understand. Especially the Old Testament. Old Testament's really weird. <laughs> it is. There's all kinds of weird things that happen, and you got to try and explain it to people. Say, why did that happen? I go, I don't know. 
It's weird. They did weird, strange things. They didn't understand God. They were really crazy. You know, Jesus came along and he made God more clear to us. Why? Because they didn't know. They didn't get it. Don't freak out about stuff you don't know. And Well, the Old Testament, they did this. And they did that. Why did God do that? Why did... First of all, a lot of times, it's not even saying God did it or had anything to do with it. A lot of it's historical. It's just telling what people did. Like this one psycho guy, he goes to war and he vows to God. God, if I win this war, I'll sacrifice the first thing I see when I come home. And he walks in. First thing he sees is his daughter. And he sacrifices. And people say, why did God do it? It doesn't say God had anything to do with it. The guy's a psycho crazy man. <laughs> well, it's in the Bible. There's all kinds of dumb stuff in the Bible. I don't think God had anything to do with it. All kinds of weird stuff that happened, weird accounts, weird verses. There's verses that pop up in the Bible. I'm like, what? What? I don't know what you're even talking about. Weird rules in the Bible. <laughs> Strange stuff. Here's a rule. Do not cook a goat in its mother's milk. Why? First of all, who cooks meat in milk? Ew! That's just got the ooh factor. Ew! We're the dairy state and we don't do that. Good grief. Cook a goat in a mother's milk. And for, you know, why would you do that? I, I can see grilling out. I can see a frying pan. I can see boiling it for some soup. Who cooks it in milk and then don't do it with the mother's Why? I don't know why. I don't care why. I'm sure there's some theologian. You get these theologians that'll explain some of these verses in, but they don't know either. They're guessing too. I read that stuff. Even the New Testament. There's stuff in the New Testament I don't understand. I thought the other day, you know, I'd like to do this. Is my little personal thing. I was thinking, I, I want to just go through the New Testament and highlight all the verses I do not understand. But, but I'm afraid I'll run out of ink because, like, what? <laughs> what the heck? I don't, I don't get it all. I was reading this one yesterday. Romans, 14th chapter. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it's wrong for a man to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. I'm thinking, what are you talking about? <laughs> stumble? Who stumbles because somebody eats something you don't like? My wife eats things I don't like. I don't stumble over it. Of course, they're talking about these rules, what you can eat, what you can eat, hence the goat thing, you know. And one of the big things, you couldn't eat bacon. You know, in the New Testament, we don't care. But who cares? Why is he writing? It's wrong for man to eat something that causes someone to stumble. The next verse says it causes someone to fall. Who falls because someone eats a bacon sandwich? Seriously. If you're eating a bacon sandwich and this guy doesn't like it, I'm not going to go to you and say, don't eat that bacon sandwich because it might cause them to stumble. I'm going to say, shut up. <laughs> Who cares? Grow up. Get a life. And in fact, Paul does this. In the, the, if you read the rest of the beginning part of the chapter, he's saying, Who are you to judge another man's servant? He lives and dies to Christ. He's doing, it's not a sin. You can eat anything you want. He goes through all this stuff, and then he ends it by saying, but if you're going to eat a bacon sandwich that's going to cause him to stumble, don't do it. And I just, I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about. How does that cause you to stumble? And Christians, you know, we're famous. You know, legalistic, real pinheaded people are always quoting these verses. You know, I don't like you doing something. You can't do it because it might cause me to stumble. 
you know, I'm going to stumble. I'm going to stumble, so don't, don't, don't do that, you know, because I, I, I'm stumbling. I think, just, well, just don't skin your knee on the way down. I don't care, you know. It's, well, they're not very loving. I get it, but I don't, what is he talking? I don't know what he's talking about. I need to stumble from something. I can see stumbling about causing someone to commit adultery. Yeah, now I get it. But what's it got to do with what you eat? Good grief. I don't know. There's a lot of things Paul wrote. I have no idea what he's talking about. At least, you know, Peter. I like Peter because Peter talks about Paul. He says, Paul says stuff we don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and I, I thought, yes, yes. That's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Yes, Peter, yes, yes. I don't know what he's talking about. But, but then there's stuff I still don't know what you're talking about. You know, I don't know. John, 1 John. You like reading 1 John? Very confusing to me. Very circular thinking. People say to me, Pastor, why don't you teach on the book of Revelation? <laughs> because I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand what he's talking about. Oh, I can guess just like you. Like all the theologians. I don't know. Maybe someday I will. But bits and pieces of it I understand. But good grief. Two-headed creature popping out of the sea. and What? What are you talking about? You do? Good for you. There's some, even Jesus. There's some stuff Jesus says I don't know what he's talking about. That's the most disturbing one. I was reading through the Gospels yesterday. I was going... I thought, you know, I should preach more from the, uh, the parables. I start going through these different parables. Uh, I don't understand that one. I don't understand that one. I guess I won't do this because I don't understand half of them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't let what I don't understand freak me out. Why, do you, why would you freak out about that? I know people who, who say they won't come to God because they don't understand something about God. I, I, can't, I can't come to church and believe you. Why not? Because there's some things I don't understand. Really? <laughs> Listen, you're never going to understand it all. You won't. If you're watching it on TV right now, come here. <laughs> listen, listen to me. You're not, you're not going to understand it all. Be because you're not that smart. I'm sorry to be the one to break that to you. You're not that smart. Nobody's that smart. And since when do you not take part of something because you don't understand it? Anybody have a computer? Does anybody understand what's going on? Oh, yeah, there are, there are ones and zeros. What does that mean? Somehow it makes it all work. I can check my email while I'm preaching you right now. How does that work? I, I don't know. But it's cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I think I'll put that on my Facebook right now. <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened. I don't understand it. I don't understand everything. You know, I, I can't come to I can't believe in God because I, I don't understand uh, the origins of life. <laughs> well, get in line. Who understands? Well, was it creation or was it, did we evolve? Well, I think God created it. Okay? A lot of people think we evolved. Good for you. You know? 
I think it takes more faith to believe in evolution, quite frankly. Seriously, do you know what the odds are? The mathematical odds of an entire ecosystem and life itself with functioning brains, the odds of that happening just by itself. Man, you got better odds at the casino. Come <laughs> here, a lot better odds. Well, it took millions of years. People buy into it because everybody says, well, I guess anything can happen over millions of years. <laughs> Speaking of casinos, did you read about this guy in the paper the other day? Some moron lost 160 some million dollars at one casino. 160 some million dollars. Now, you would think after, I don't know, the first. 10 or 20 million that you lost that I may not be very good at this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I would think, you know, a couple of million here and there and I'm pretty much backing off at that point. Wouldn't you think? <laughs> this moron, it took him 160 some million before he stops. And now he's suing the casino. <laughs> Only in America. <sighs> well, I don't understand how life began. I it just all happened all by itself. You know? yeah. yeah, it's like this watch. Nobody made this watch. It happened over millions of years. Uh, metals pressed together into the earth atmosphere and, and it all squished together and these little pins just happened to fall together without one like this and amazingly they're pretty even and, and but on the inside there are these little tiny gears that all just happen to fit together precisely in the right way with a little battery of course this happened over millions of years and and it keeps perfect time Nobody would buy that. There's not one of you who would ever in a gazillion, even over millions of years, <laughs> there's not a one of you who would buy this ridiculous explanation. But this is not nearly as complicated as one sixteenth of a squirrel's brain, for heaven's sakes. But all of that happened all by itself over millions of years. I just don't understand it. I can't come to God. God would understand Seriously. Don't stumble what you don't know. That was number one. Moving on. Number two. Don't stumble what you don't know. Focus on what you do understand. Do what you know. Don't worry about what you don't know. Do what you know, for heaven's sakes. The Bible says be doers of the word. James says this. He says, don't merely listen to the word and deceive yourself. Why? Because if people deceive themselves, because they think as long as I'm listening, that it's good. Oh, as long as I'm in church, as long as I'm here, you know, that's all. No, 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 no. You need to actually do it at some point. You need to do, you need to be a doer of the word. Let me share this little story. Because I'm trying to figure out how many people I can offend in one service. <laughs> <laughs> trying to calculate here, you know. <laughs> I think I've got half of them offended. Let's work over the other half. Now, I didn't say this. I agree with it, but I didn't say it. So don't just yell at me. 
But Chuck Swindoll made this statement about the genders. And now remember, I speak on genders all the time, all over the world. When you're speaking about, you're, you're talking in great generalities, you know. All men aren't one way, all women. There's all kinds of, I get it. But still, there's enough generalities that are true. But Swindoll said this. He says, in his experience as a Christian all these years, he says, between the two genders, he says, he feels it's the female gender that overwhelmingly tends to be a listener and not a doer. Men, by nature, feel compelled to do what they hear, but the way they fight that is they just don't want to hear it. That's generally true. When you say it's true, it really is. Men, when a man hears truth, we immediately think, oh, I got to do it, right? So we fight it by, well, I don't want to hear it. So a lot of guys don't want to go to church. They don't want to listen to it. They don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You know, so if I preach on the roles of men and women, and the Bible says a man should love his wife like Christ loved the church, every man immediately knows what I'm talking about. And he goes, Right? No argument. No discussion. If I had a hundred men here right now say, you need to love your wife like Christ loves the church, everyone would go, okay. Okay? But if when I speak to women and I say, the Bible says you should respect your husband, I say, well, what does that mean, respect? <laughs> or do you have a Bible study on respect? Could we have some small group studies about respect? Do you have... Some books and a few DVDs on respectives. I need to hear more. I need to hear more. No, you don't. You just need to do it. Yeah, one guy. <laughs> Give that man a prize. I don't know what else. <laughs> do what you know. James goes on to say this, anyone who knows the good he should do and doesn't do it, sins. If you know you're supposed to do it, just do it. I don't understand everything about it. And for heaven's sakes, don't get caught up in things that don't really matter. Christians are famous for this. I probably had some visitors in the first service who were mad at me. There's a shock. Because <laughs> <laughs> I touched some holy cow of theirs, you know. They said it doesn't matter. Some of these doctrines, who cares? People come to this church, what do you think about this, that, and the other? I don't know. Who cares? You know, that's what we say the Apostles' Creed. This is who we are. This is what we believe. These are the fundamentals of Christianity. You want to argue about everything else? Just argue about it, you know. We don't all try to make everybody think the same about everything. Somebody says to me, what? Pastor, what do you think about the doctrine of predestination? Is everything foreplanned? I don't know. Who cares? You know, I'm, I'm just trying to live the basics. I'm trying to be a better dad to my kids. I'm trying to be a nicer husband to my wife. I'm trying, my goal this week is to not be as big of a jerk as I was last week. That's, that's my goal this week. Can anybody relate to that? How about a little more patient? A little more kind, a little more respectful. How about we just love people? Which would be great if there weren't any people around. You know, <laughs> loving people is only hard because you all show up and it's harder to love people. It's a lot easier in theory. Are you hearing me? 
So let me say, you got that so down, so rehearsed, that you got to struggle over the doctrine of predestination. I don't know. I, th I don't think everything was God's plan. If you drive 80 miles an hour on a corner, you're an idiot, you're going to kill yourself. On the other hand, when something happens, I don't think God goes, never saw that coming. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. Who cares? People arguing about how, how far can you sin before you go to hell? Yeah, how, how close can you get to hell without falling into hell? This is a debate? I, don't, I, I just figure, let's stay as far away from hell as we can. How about we do that? Yeah, but can you live like this? Of all the goofy thinking. Goodness gracious. So number one, don't stumble over what you don't know. Number two, do what you do know. And number three, grow in your knowing. Grow in your faith. Get your understanding. Learn from God's word. Here's a radical concept. Read the Bible. <laughs> Read the Bible. <laughs> Just listen to me. Just because you have a Bible in your house, it's not a good luck charm. <laughs> Sir, I think people think if I have a Bible, it will keep demons out of my house. No, the demons sit on the Bible and laugh at you. <laughs> what a moron. You have to read the Bible. I can't even grab my lips anymore. You got to read it. You got to get it in you so you can start learning what God says. Reminds me of a few years ago, I was in Chicago, Illinois. So the missionary, we had to go down down Chicago and he had some passport problems. And so we're in the passport office and we got to come back in a couple hours. So we're standing outside downtown Chicago on the corner holding my briefcase, just doing nothing. This guy walks up to me, he goes, hey man. You got in the bag. I went, what? Yes. What you got in the bag, man? He thought I was selling drugs. So I thought this is gonna be fun. <laughs> so I go. I got some hot stuff in the bag, man. And he goes, really, really? I said, man, this, this stuff's awesome. Come here, come here. So we pull around the corner. He says, come on, let's see it, man. I said, okay. And I grabbed my Bible, and I handed it to him. And he goes, he says, what do you do, lick the pages? True story. I'm not kidding you. Oh, no, no, man, no, man. You, you read it. Oh, man, he has it back to me. <laughs> Listen, you can't just lick the pages. 
gotta read it. Grow in your understanding. Learn what the Bible. See, here's the problem. People live their life based on their learned values. You know those cool little bracelets, WWJD, what would Jesus do? That's cool. It's a great way to live life. Except people live, they have lots of bracelets. They go, what would Jesus do? What, what, what would Oprah do? What would Brad and Jolene do? What would MTV do? What would my friends do? What? Hello? You got to get rid of the other bracelets, people. The only thing that matters is what would Jesus do? What does the Bible say? But people, they, they literally make up their own religion as they go along. This is nothing new, by the way. People have been doing this for thousands of years. I'll share in a scripture. I, gotta, I didn't have it prepared. I'll pull it up my iPad. This is 2 Kings 17, verse 41. It says, even while these people were worshiping the Lord. Now, this, here what happened is Israel had been taken into captivity. And then a bunch of people started moving into the Holy Land who didn't know anything about God. When they came, they knew about the Lord. So they started worshiping the Lord. Oh, the Lord was worshiped here. So let's worship the Lord. So even while the people were worshiping the Lord, they were still serving their idols. They just added God to all the other garbage that they had. And people still do this today. They, they add God to everything else. And they just make it up as they go along. I got an email from this lady the other day. And, oh, my goodness gracious, you know. So I, just, I just picture myself someday, 80 years of age, emails in one hand and a bottle of Jack Daniels in the other. Because this, <laughs> this, I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying, seriously, something to numb the brain, the pain in my brain. But this lady says, you know what? I haven't, uh, I haven't really shared my faith yet with, uh, with my, my boyfriend. I, we just did move in together. And uh, I'm not really comfortable yet asking him about Jesus. What should I do? <laughs> Excuse me? You're having sex with the boy. But she's not comfortable sharing Jesus. I don't know. I assume when you're comfortable enough for someone to see you naked, then you'd have no problem sharing Jesus with them. First of all, you got no business doing that. Oh, whatever. What would my friends do? See, they think it's okay. Oprah thinks it's okay. You know, everybody else thinks it's okay. And they, they just add and pick. They, they come up with these, these bizarre versions of Christianity. Then they wonder why their lives suck. Seriously, some of you walk around, that sound you hear above you, that big sucking sound, <laughs> that's because you're making it up. You're doing some things that God says, but you, just, you, know, got, you got five, ten, twenty different bracelets on. All WW something. You got to stop that. You need to just learn what God says. Start doing what God says. Because when you get in that place where that's your only standard and you start living, that's when life starts working. That's when God starts moving in your life. That's when prayers start getting answered. That's when you start experiencing miracles. The Bible says you get in that place and whatever you do prospers. How many would like whatever you did to succeed in life? Wouldn't you like that? You, but you got to live this. You can't just make it up. Well, my life stinks, Pastor. You say God would bless us. How come God doesn't bless my life? Because you got 45 different bracelets on. Get them off. All that matters is what would Jesus do? Let God's word become your standard for life. Just don't make things up as you go along. You have to do it intentionally. 
You're not going to get it just because of 30 minutes of me rambling once a month. Read the Bible. Actually, read it. Well, I don't understand. So what? Don't, you don't understand something? Keep going. I promise you, there's going to be stuff you understand, and you got to work on it. Work on that stuff. So, number one, don't stumble on what you don't know. Number two, do what you do know. And number three, increase your knowing as you go along. You will see it will dramatically change your life. I'm going to invite the ushers to come at this time to prepare for communion. Our musicians can come back and get ready as we wrap this up and go enjoy this very hot day already out there. I'm heading for the boat. Hallelujah. Assuming it doesn't rain. Lord, don't let it rain. Anyway, where are you at with all of this stuff? Are you experiencing God in your life? Or are you one of these people who's still trying to understand and figure everything out before you get there? You're not going to get it. Look, Christianity is unlike any other religion in the world. Every other religion. Judaism, Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam. You want to get into that? You got to study it. You got to read about it. You got to take classes. You got to go through all their experiences there. And you got to do all their exercises and meditations and chants and all whatever it is you got to do in hopes that you can maybe touch God. Christianity is exactly the opposite. You start out touching God. And then you grow in your knowledge from there. You start out, you don't really know much of anything. A lot of us, when you, you think about it, when you first came to Jesus, you're dumb as a brick. You didn't know nothing. <laughs> I didn't know anything. I didn't understand anything. I understood two things. One, I was rotten. <laughs> I was a rotten sinner, man. I had all kinds of mistakes in my life, and I knew that God loved me. Those two things. And I asked God to forgive me and to come into my life, and it changed my life. And then started doing what I'm talking to you about today, doing what you know. Growing in your knowledge, getting better. Don't worry about what you don't know. Just keep growing and growing and growing. This is what changes your life as you experience God. But it all starts with you being touched by God in the first place. Don't try to figure it all out first. Have you accepted Jesus Christ into your life? We're about to take communion. This is where we focus on Jesus dying on the cross for us. His body broken so that we could be whole. His blood shed so we could have forgiveness of sin. Have you reached out and experienced that in your life. We're going to ask everybody to bow your heads in a word of prayer with me. Those of you watching maybe at home on TV, wouldn't hurt you to pray along with us. Ask God to come into your life. See what happens. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'm going to invite everybody to pray this prayer along with me. If you'll really believe this from the bottom of your heart, you can start to experience God's love in your life. Let's pray this. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God and that you love me so much you went to the cross and you took my punishment. I ask you to come into my life and to forgive me of my sins. I now surrender myself to you. 